0: Welcome to the fourth episode of MMA Geeks, the C-Level Podcast. In this one, we discuss UFC on ESPN1, which is headlined by a contender bout between former UFC heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez as he battles the last man anyone at the heavyweight division wants to get punched by, Francis Ngannou. Velasquez has had trouble staying healthy enough to consistently compete over the last several years, but he's determined to make it to this bout regardless of how much scotch tape it would take to hold his body together. (laughs) Francis Ngannou rose quickly up the heavyweight ranks um, on his way to a title shot. It wasn't until that title fight that we realized that he actually doesn't have that deep of an MMA game. He does, however, have a superpower and a heavyweight that can be as effective as it is in the Marvel Universe. Will Francis land a big punch early? Will Velasquez's injuries even allow for him to make it across the octagon to get punched by Ngannou? Or will we see vintage Kane run through an athlete and... Um, with significantly less skill. Stan Drive here with my friend Nick Bracha to answer those questions and more as we break down the entire card. Nick.
1: Um, hey Stan, how's it going?
0: I, I'm, I'm glad uh, I am glad I finally allowed you to chime in, Nick. Happy uh, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm glad we're doing this together today. Yeah, me too. Um, this is really special for us. I, I think our significant others are probably
1: pissed uh, uh, and, and rightfully so. Or unaware and think that I'm in a meeting. Fair enough. You
0: know what? I need to, uh, I need to get advice from you as to how to handle that kind of thing for
1: the yeah. future. That's why I don't get tagged in the posts. Brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, this is a great card. Um, I'm really looking forward to it for a couple of reasons. One, because it's free. And two, because I'm still furious about last weekend when I was so excited to be correct about Gasolum knocking out Whitaker. And Whitaker knocked himself out with a distended bowel and internal hernia. I had a hernia when I was six, but I wasn't. I wasn't fighting back then. Um, so, are you saying you would have
0: taken a fight had the opportunity when, I, when I was six, or if I had when a hernia?
1: Oh, um, no, I would not have. Fair enough. No. Um, so My gym teacher called me weak at the time because I couldn't climb those ropes. The ropes in the gym class. Who you know, like, could have at that age? I don't, eventually, I was able to. I was re- once I started. Once I started uh, swimming, my swimming career started. That's I was able to fly up the rope. Up back. Um, and then I long went long back long. and I, okay. I killed her. No, I, did, I didn't kill her. But Google tells me that she's like ninety six and lives in Florida. All right. My elementary school gym That's teacher. The, you know, yeah. Haven't
0: looked up the teacher.
1: Oh, I did that all the time.
0: Um, I actually have a couple of favorites that, that I would be interested to see what they're up to.
1: I would say write them a letter. They love to hear. Teachers love to hear that they meant something to their yeah. students.
0: That's a good idea. I will do Um
1: that. But who wasn't able to do the last week was Robert Whitaker because he was in the hospital.
0: So here's <laughs> the thing. Um, I know that you felt strongly that that uh, Gastelum was going to just run through.
1: Well, not not run through. I thought, he would, I thought that... Whitaker. I thought that he would find his chin in an exchange and that uh, either a dirty boxing exchange or... Uh, you know, angling out that Gastelum would catch him.
0: Yeah, I, I, that. I felt that was a good possibility early, um, but I'm a big believer in Gastelum's uh, um, his toughness. I think he's shown time and again that he will persevere in those 10 rounds against... uh oh, Whitaker. I mean, yes. well, Whitaker, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, he's so super yeah, tough. I, I, I still hold that if there is a rematch that... Uh, Whitaker will show that he's in another level. I, I really do believe. That. I
1: really want to see the rematch. I like. I'd I think. I think Israel Adesanya needs a, a fight that's not against Anderson Silva to make himself the number one contender in a uh, in a division with such like maniacs. I mean, you got Jacare, you've got Costa, uh, you've got Romero. Um, you've got Weidman, who is you know he's probably top six or top seven now, but he's still a tough out. Like yes, Weid- Weidman's fall- fallen off. He has not been great since his initial surgery, and he's had subsequent surgeries oh, sure. since then. But for two and a half rounds, he he was beating Jacare. Like that was a that was a tough fight against Jacare. And you know th- what I'm saying is it's a very very tough decision. Adesanya is extremely impressive prospect. I still think he's a prospect. I don't think he has his signature win yet in my estimation
0: i, I, I agree um had he finished Silva that would have been that would have been it that if he had finished Silva
1: like it's like he finished Brunson where yeah. he made Brunson look silly and nothing worked, yes if he does that to Anderson and round, but it, it frankly it looked it was a far too competitive sparring match is what it looked like
0: uh, to I, me yeah I, I agree with you there i I think the stylistic matchup kind of lended itself uh Lending that fight to having gone the way it did. I think um, the range of Silva is tougher for Adesanya to deal with compared to all of Adesanya's prior opponents in the UFC. Um, yeah. And Silva's very comfortable standing, knowing that he doesn't have to worry about a takedown. That's actually a position that neither guy uh, is often in an MMA fight. Right. Um, and and yeah, Adesanya was the younger, quicker man. Uh, and it showed that he, he edged him out. I thought that Silva won that second round. I know that's somewhat, uh, somewhat in question. I thought Silva won that second round. Mm-hmm. I think that's saying something. Definitely. Um, Adesanya needs a, I think you're right. I think if he can face just one of those guys, I don't just know if one. Rockhold is going to five, but Rockhold, Weidman, Jacare, uh, Romero, Gaslam. Uh, Romero, uh, even, even
1: Gaslam or knocking Costa off in what would be, you know, that's the kind of fight. I know he's supposed to fight Romero next. But that would be a fight that would be analogous to when when John Jones fought Bader, where you've got two, you've got these two guys on the cusp. You throw the prospects together, and then you know. To be
0: honest, I'm a believer, uh, matchmaking wise, that that fights like that. Uh, they shouldn't be made unless it's for the title. If these guys are both streaking. If they're both undefeated, mm. they're both exciting. Why eliminate a potential big fight, uh, big title fight? Good point. Um, on on you know an undercard yeah. or even a it, it really event. depends
1: on how how rich on how rich the division is. I mean, there's going to be some divisions that are so packed you can you know True. that you're going to end up with fights that you wish were title fights. Yep. But let's talk about so we've got the very very first card on ESPN, the world leader in sports. And a, a great heavyweight fight that in all likelihood is going to be over very quickly.
0: I think I'm in agreement with you.
1: We've got uh, Kane Velasquez, who's fought nine times in nine years against Nganu, a renewed Nganu, who uh, came back from you know, getting, uh, getting figured out by Stipe, mm-hmm. losing his mind against Lewis. Uh, to beat Curtis Blades and uh, to look to look strong doing it and we know it's you know one of two things is going to happen in this fight. Cain Velasquez is going to impose his will and destroy Ngannou or when Cain first goes in or starts throwing early he's going to get hit and not be able to recover. I mean either one of those things it's is going to happen. Absolutely one of those two things. Yeah, I Cain mean, you know, <laughs>
0: like, can't get that takedown. It goes one way and, it and if down, i don't that shot. It goes, yeah. and
1: kane's ground and pound is different than Stipe miocha Stipe is a, is very strong, but no nobody uh i don't know that there's ever ever been a heavyweight fighter who once they're once they're on top of you and has you in that position especially if you're not strong in that position can finish you it's like it i think it would look like kane's fights with uh with bigfoot Silva once Silva was on his duff um <clears throat> where they ended, they were quick. What you Think
0: about the trouble that Stepe that you kind of just alluded to the trouble that Stepe had landing ground and pound on uh, Nganu. Mm-hmm. He's previously shown that he can be a devastating ground and pounder. Why couldn't he? And why couldn't he couldn't get get anything going against Nganu on that one?
1: I don't know. I don't know if I have to go and back and watch same the tape. Would be an issue for. I don't think Kane it'll be. An, I think I think. <clears throat> I think Kane is just the, the stronger, best finisher on the ground and will. Um, I, I just think that he would be so furious and so fast in his ground and pound that he would render Ngannou unable to de- unable to defend himself. Ngannou was exhausted on the ground against Stipe, but he he his defense was okay. He blocked okay. I just think I think Kane's a more relentless ground fighter than Stipe is.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think I Stipe measure
1: on. is measured in his ground and pound. Um, he can be very measured, but like it's Kane, It's not his bread and butter. Stipe's bread and butter is his. I mean, he's got good this wrestling right really. and his stand up. Yeah. He's a good boxer, He's a very good boxer. Um, <clears throat> probably not as good as Cormier, or not as good of a dirty boxer as Cormier is. Um, but I think I think She's if if, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, I think if Cain gets I think if Cain gets on top of him and he either gets him turtled uh, or you know or, or from the mount he'll be able to he'll be able to finish him. The question is like. How does he not get clipped? Getting him into that position using the techniques that Kane uses. Uh, he took some shots from Brock Lesnar going in. He certainly got knocked out. Um, boxing, playing, you know, playing kind of like fist footsies with, with JDS. I don't. He, he was just he was just boxing him. He wasn't moving in. In the second in the second fight, he got clipped. Um, I think he got clipped. Move like moving, closing the distance for a takedown, and got hit hard, but but withstood it. It's, I will say though the
0: the first fight didn't last very long. I know Dana White made a big deal about it not last last going long. for a takedown, but I mean, when do you see a guy didn't I, last, last didn't dive in for a yeah. take down within the first 20 right. seconds? Of it didn't last very
1: long, and it's just the question is is Ngannou going to clip him before he can move in? This is 36 year old Kane, who's not at least 36 years old, who has not fought uh, like I said nine times in nine years, and. Uh, his last fight he looks great against Travis Brown but Travis Brown was at, was in the middle of his, of his kind of uh pretty bad slump uh, yeah bad slump before that was the Verdum fight where he he got out everything he got outboxed he got outworked
0: well it was, yeah in that second round once his gas tank went uh, there's a reason we call this podcast sea level
1: yeah there is he didn't look very good in the first round either if i recall
0: i i thought he i thought he won the first round maybe you're right i, I remember him doing well in that very first round and then things kind of uh, the wheel's falling off after that, yeah,
1: I mean he certainly you know owned j d s for the second two fights and destroyed Bigfoot Silva twice, but that's a pretty small sample size, considering that the Brock fight was you know almost nine years ago yeah um i think I love kane velasquez i think he'd be great for the for the heavyweight division um <clears throat> to to be back and, and more active despite Nganu's flaws. I just think the guy hits too damn hard. Even if he doesn't catch you f- flush, um, I I predict I don't. It's not it's not what I it's not the outcome that I want, but I predict that Ngannou is going to sleep him in the first round. Uh,
0: so Kane has kind of gotten fans have been viewing him lately uh, as if he's kind of a I don't know special case like like he's going through really tough times like like his career is on a complete downslope slope like, Funny because he's he's five and one in his last six bouts. Mm-hmm. The problem, of course, is that it took him about seven years to complete those six bouts, like, and only against four
1: different guys. Because he had two fights, you know, of his saw seven fights, three are against JDS and two are against Bigfoot Silva. That's right. And let's face it, big like JDS hasn't been the same since the second Kane fight, and Bigfoot Silva not a uh, not an elite heavyweight. Great skills, and watching him walk out, knock out Overeem was terrific, but I wouldn't say that he had an, an esteemed run in uh I'd say with Antonio
0: Silva, it all depended on what uh, what supplement uh, system he was on, uh, <laughs> as to whether or not he was doing really well. I think back in those days when he was fighting uh, Kane, granted, he was not the supplements at that time. That's with wins over Alistair Overeem, Travis Brown, when Travis Brown was a solid opponent, uh, not long after his Wasn't win. Wasn't that return. the... Yeah, but that
1: was the fight where Travis Brown blew out his knee. Uh, Wasn't it?
0: Tr- true, but uh, yeah. a win's a win. Like, yeah, yeah. We, Like, like we, we we know now, I think, that that fight went in the right direction. Right. Knee excuse or not, that fight went in the right direction. Like, yeah. given what we know about both heavyweights. Right. Um, in any case... Kane, Kane is elite. I think talent wise. I think. Oh yeah. I think skill wise, he's in just a different level. He's got the skill. He on, is. He's uh, a better top fighter. Top level, 150, 150 pound, five pound fighter, um, and he's a 250 pound man. Like he's he's got athleticism like anybody could wish for. Um, the problem is that yeah, he's the reason he hasn't been able to compete over those uh, uh, very much over those several last years is because he's been injured. He's constantly been injured. Um, somebody needs to introduce that guy to a foam roller like like he he, he the gym that he trains in uh, aka is has a reputation for guys going very hard in sparring and I think it's catching up to a guy like him um, I also think that he's been knocked down a bunch of times in his career uh, if we think about it, he's really only been uh, knocked out once by JDS. That one time, um, and he recovered
1: quite quickly from that. Yeah, it was. He, he, it was. He, he got. He got caught in the temple, and like
0: his recovery was never the issue. Uh, yeah. I agree with you there, uh, but it's the fact that he can get clipped to begin with. I think it's yes. his conditioning that allows for that recovery to be that solid, and I think it's his chin uh, that allows for him to get to get uh, knocked down to begin with. That and his style. He's constantly moving forward. He's constantly Very, pressuring. Yeah. Um, and, and so his head is coming into his opponent's offense, potentially. Um, I think we saw a very similar style matchup with, uh, with the fight uh, when Ngannou fought Curtis Blades. Curtis mm-hmm. Blades is a pressure wrestler with good hands uh, who, once he gets on top, can do some serious damage. Uh, he's a younger Cain Velasquez without all the injuries, with a similar chin, quite frankly. He's mm-hmm. also been knocked out a bunch of times, but never quite out. Um, I think that this might just go the same way, as much as I hate to say it, as much as I would love to see Cain Velasquez come out with a resounding victory here like he did against Travis Brown a couple of years ago. Um, I've got to pick uh, Ngannou, who's been fighting consistently, who's, who's not completely physically destroyed from all the years of wear and tear. Uh, I would love to see Cam Velasquez win this fight, but I've got Francis Ngannou by first now now yep. He's an excellent counterpuncher, and Cain will give him so much to counter, much like Curtis Blades couldn't help doing. The only two guys they were able to beat Ngannou uh, were aware of the fact that they could not possibly afford to get hit by him. Um, Steve Mihalich spent that fight either in the clinch, uh, from on top in, in the ground position, or running for his dear life, because when they were both standing upright, he refused to just stand in front of him, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's fortunate for uh, it's it's fortunate for Derek Lewis that Ngannou doesn't throw anything either. Uh, uh, offensively. They're, they're, they're both fighters that wait for the counter, and Derek Lewis was just able to kind of just uh, out, out fling him from a distance uh, to win a decision, never getting into range, never giving him anything to counter. Kim Velasquez is going to give him down to something to counter, and I think, uh, unfortunately, that'll lead to his downfall here.
1: Yeah, so we're in, a, we're in agreement. I mean, I'm hopeful that like Cormier pulled Velasquez aside and said, you fight stubborn, you've got to change it. There's a path to beating this guy. We've seen it. We've seen Stipe do it. You're faster probably than Stipe is. Um, like, just be be smart and don't give him anything to counter. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, what, we'll see which, which Velasquez shows up. I've never seen up.
0: either Kane or Cormier fight any other way. I've never seen them recommend either. Uh, for anyone to fight any other way. I, know. I don't know that they have not No, around. I think
1: you're probably right, because Cormier, Cormier would, would, would got, take, took those shots from Rumble and just kept going. Yep. But I think Ngannou hits harder than Rumble. Yeah. Which uh, it's hard to fathom, but I think he does. Probably the only man that hits. I think he hits harder than Rumble
0: in the UFC, as far as uh, in UFC history, as far as I can tell. Uh, next up, we've got a pretty great matchup between Paul Felder and James. Yeah, Vick. it's funny.
1: This is one of those fights where, for whatever reason, I find James Vick extremely unlikable, and I and Paul Felder very likable. So I want to I want to cheer for Felder and pick him in this fight, but his. Um, his path to victory over three rounds just seems very limited to me, uh, and I think it's it's I think the reach is going to be a real problem. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think the reach is always a factor when it comes to a uh, uh, fight involving James Vick. He's six three at one hundred and fifty five pounds. I mean, there's not a whole lot of guys that are going to be able to reach him from the distance that he can reach them. Whether he'll be able to punch or kick. Um, uh, I think Paul Felder. Uh, tends to get his knockouts with with elbows, with spinning attacks. He doesn't really knock guys out with his with his hands. And I'm not sure that he'll be able to get the distance to land uh, those th- those short-range strikes. Um, I think that James Vick has been hittable, but it's been predominantly with boxing, predominantly with hands. It's the way that Justin Gaethje was able to knock him out. Uh, it's the way that I believe Benil Dariush was able to catch him was with his boxing, with his hands.
1: Um, And footwork, uh, cutting off, you know, cutting him. Right, yeah. Just cutting him off and and, and, and leaving him him nowhere to go. You're you're Um, right about that.
0: Cutting that cage off and and backing him up, which he's very susceptible to. Paul Felder's not really a forward pressure fighter. Right. He can can put pressure on, but he's not necessarily pushing you back. Um, And and I I think that Vic has a decent enough takedown defense and, and, and clinch game to avoid most of Felder's attacks there, especially given his height and leverage that he has in that clinch position because of it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I give the edge to, uh, to Vic here. Um, I agree with you that he's, he's not nearly as likeable, although I've always thought that he was a serious prospect, and I think a lot of people have ignored him up until very recently. Um, uh, I think uh, he's got a win over, uh, what's the gentleman uh, that beat Conor McGregor who's in the UFC? Joe, uh, Joseph uh, Joe Duffy. Duffy.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, Joe Duffy was winning that fight and then got... But well, that, that might be a different Joe, Joe Duffy fight. Joe Duffy won the first round. Yes.
0: You're right about that. Not by a close margin. It wasn't an uncompetitive But he seemed round. in
1: control and then it, it was one of the... It, well,
0: it didn't switch on a dime no? because the okay. second round, James Vick, I recently I actually saw... That's the one fight I saw of James Vick leading up to this breakdown. Um, is that Vic start to take over very early in that second round. It's like he figured something out. Okay. It's like he saw a new avenue that he was not going to explore, uh, and he kind of took over and, and caught Duffy, set a trap for Duffy to walk right into his red uppercut, which he's landed big time before, uh, and, and caught Duffy and finished him. Um, I, I think Vic has a path to, to, to do something like it here. Vic's a bigger man than Felder. Felder just lost a kickboxing match to Mike Perry. It's not necessarily a great sign if you're facing a, a, a guy with longer reach who's right. got a better reputation for landing uh, quality knockouts against higher level of competition.
1: Yeah, I also feel like um, I think Felder likes to scrap and sometimes he f- he fights down to his competition a little bit. He has more split. He has a couple of split decisions. Um, I remember his fight with Ross Pearson, which I thought that he won. Um, I just I think he does tend to um, slug it out. A little more, even though he's very technical. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to see him try to wrestle tomorrow. Um, get in, you know, get in on those long legs. I actually um, think he has but, an impressive
0: ground game, but Vic, sure Vic's
1: gonna, gonna I mean, Vic has a pretty good triangle and and work game off of his back, uh, um, doesn't he?
0: I'd say outside of that triangle, there's not, he's great at getting back up to his yeah. feet. He's not really one to lay around and, and wait for the triangle. Um, I, I prefer that. Uh, I don't know that he has a complex ground game. If he I, doesn't tend to need it because he gets stop yeah, out.
1: I like you. I'm picking. I'm picking Vic, but my hope would be. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Felder change levels, get down low. Um, I actually think take Felder down might have do the most some tec- work. little.
0: The more technical ground game, if we can mm. avoid uh, that triangle, which. Well, yeah. I'd love to
1: see him throw elbows on the ground and get a TKO, but I'm going to pick James Vic by decision.
0: Um, I actually, I'll, I'll take James Vic by a late stoppage. Okay. I think that uh, Felder's had trouble against. Every actual striker that he's faced—Ross uh, Pearson, Edson Barboza, uh, Francisco Trinaldo, if I remember correctly—he uh, cut him down. real bad, right? Oh, it was—it was, it was a, that's right. It was a cut. Um, Mike Perry. These are stand-up fighters that he's losing to. He's fighting a stand-up fighter, and James Vick with the longest reach of any opponent. Yeah. I think that he's. Faced Although His fight, fight, fight with
1: Barbosa was quite competitive.
0: No doubt, uh, but but again, um, another loss. Uh, yeah. it, it seems like he he's he's not exactly dominating uh, the, the strikers. He's actually beaten Charles Oliveira. Uh, uh, he beat Josh Berkman. Uh, he beats Danny Castillo. He beats several guys that are good grapplers, right? So he does well yeah. against the, the jack-of-all-trades. He does well against the grappler. Mm. Darren Crookshank is
1: pretty good. pretty good striker. I agree but with you, he's, but, but, yeah, but he's yeah, a guy but he's a, little, he's a out of the UFC. He, yeah. he,
0: he couldn't quite uh, pull it through, I think, mentally more than anything else. But you're right. He's a talented guy. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked, by the way, if Feller catches him, let's face it. Uh, James Vick just came off a horrible knockout, man. Like he, yeah, was, Gage, he was he out for a him. little bit.
1: Against a guy, I mean, a guy known for having thunder in his fists. True. Yeah. Uh,
0: and and, and <clears> that's <throat> to your point, but uh, I have a theory that once you get knocked out, you're much more susceptible to it, especially <clears throat> several months later. Um, so, look, there's a chance yep. that uh, Felder can land one of those elbows or land one of those spinning fists throughout this three-round bout and, and finish it. I'm going to give the edge to Vick to finish the cool. bout uh, in the third round.
1: All right, let's talk about the rest of the main card. We've got Cynthia Covillo. Against Courtney Casey, I think this is uh, Cynthia's fight to lose. Uh, I think I think uh, I think she's got it. I think it'll likely be by submission, probably in the second round.
0: Uh, I, I'm in agreement with you. Um, I, I think Casey's a tough check, so I think she'll she'll pull through and, and push through the tough moments and okay. make it to a decision.
1: We're all uh, so we're all tied up. We got the same three choices. Thus far, are uh, you gonna? Are you going to pick up uh, Bruce Leroy or Cron Gracie? Is that he you say his first name, Kron? I
0: think it's Kron. Kron. Uh, Cron Cron, um, I've heard Kron. Um, so Kron has got some quality wins over some quality opposition, but... but you
1: Choked it, out Kawajiri. Kawajiri Kawagiri is old. Kawajiri is
0: uh, I agree probably 40 is or something. old, But yes. this was in 2016. I mean, Kawajiri not that far removed from beating some mid-level competition yeah. in the UFC. Um, and Alex Caceres is about mid-level competition in the UFC. Alex tends to, f- like, he will play in his opponent's yard. and yes. That's what will determine how competitive he is in the bout. If a guy wants to stand with him in range, he has a shot of beating many, many guys that he shouldn't be able mm-hmm. to beat. But, but if a guy takes him into his own range, he tends to fall right into it and lose there. Uh, I think I'm giving the edge to Cron Gracie, even though Alex yep. Caceres has all the skills and experience to win.
1: That's what I, w- I was going to pick him by submission the second or third. Uh, man, we're all we've got the same choices. I bet you we won't hear the welterweight fight, uh, the second bout on the crowd, uh, Vincenzo Luque yep, against uh, the the guy who who killed the Northcut Dream, the Sage Northcut Dream, Brian Barberina.
0: I'll actually uh, uh, I'll actually add to that. He's he's down several solid prospects. Uh, Sage Northcote, Worley Alves, Joe Proctor, to a lesser extent, um, he's he you know, at some point developed a reputation for being a bit of a prospect killer, but he's also lost to guys like Kobe Covington no. and Leon Edwards, who are the cream of the. Those crop, are
1: both very. Those are yeah. Those are those are guys that are certainly top ten fighters, and um, <clears throat> people and the odds I think seem very high in Vincente's uh, favor. Let me just double check that. Um, yeah, I think he's a decent Yeah, the a favorite. huge favorite, the biggest favorite on the card at minus 420. But I, I really like Barbarina. I think he's, um, I'm surprised. Um, what has what is, what is Vincente Luque done um, in your estimation to earn um, such a remarkable odds disparity?
0: Uh, the fact that he's 7-1 and one in the UFC with seven finishes, uh, I think is most of it. I think it helps that he beat, he finished a guy like Nico Price, a guy like right. Chad Lapree, who are not the creme of the uh, the cream of the crop, but they're certainly formidable uh, gatekeepers to the top. Well, ten. He
1: knocked out Bala Muhammad also. Knocked out Bala Muhammad. He's a very um, tough guy.
0: Um, uh, he's Jalen Turner, who turned out to be uh, uh, you know a good-looking prospect in his last bout. Right, um, right. The thing about Luque is that he doesn't necessarily have the gas tank. So to your point. I think that there's an excellent chance that if Barbarina survives the first round and a
1: half, he's a very durable guy.
0: I absolutely agree with you, and, and he's very technical, and I, and I think he makes a lot of good decisions too.
1: Um, he's uh, no I, kickboxer, and he went he went up to a decision with Leon Edwards.
0: I actually, think that's where most of the strength is. is in the you think so?
1: Department. I thought he was more of a more of a grappler.
0: Uh, I, I, I tough like wrestler. I feel like he tends to uh, he tends to com- compete for the most part on the feet, kind of live or die there. He does well on the ground.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know
0: that he tends to end up on top of. Does he? Uh, I think against Northcutt, he probably did. But what's his
1: camp? Started. I thought he was like I thought he was with uh, Duke like Rufus,
0: ben... if I remember correctly.
1: Really, Brian's... Really oh no, right? the MMA I... Lab. I apologize. He's under
0: uh, John there at the MMA Lab. Got it. Uh, which is a pretty solid team with guys like Ben Henderson. Uh, they've got several other names. Right,
1: right. In Arizona.
0: Um, right, and and, and so I, I agree with you. He's a talented guy. I don't blame me for picking him one bit. Uh, my plan for this for this fight, because I thought it was a lot closer than the odds suggest, was to just take the pick that you're not taking. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, I, I will take Luque, I, I think Luque can finish in the first round, I think Barbarino is extremely durable. Um, I'm counting on the fact that Luque will either finish early like he tends to do, uh, because I do think his cardio will fail him late in a, in a matchup against a guy like Barbarino. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he might score enough points in the first round and a half to win those first two rounds. and. All he needs to really do is survive that third round. Barbarina not much of a finisher, so presumably, if he survives that third round, he should be able to uh, should be able to catch a decision.
1: Okay. The um, so we finally got one where, where we've got the different pick. We got a featherweight fight opening up the card. By the
0: way, I'm picking the favorite. I'm not acting like I'm taking a second. Oh, it's here. okay. It's
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is an interesting fight. I guess I guess it's a good choice to open the card. Um, Andre Feely, who I believe is still with alpha male uh, against miles jury um, close a close fight uh, you know I think jury is a guy who hasn't quite um, reached his potential when he gets up against the top top guys like Cerrone and Chad Mendez um, you know he took he took a bit of a beating he couldn't quite pull the trigger against Cerrone, I remember but he's also you know, done quite well against competition a uh, level down. Um, on the other side, you've got Andre Feely, who I kind of, I guess I would describe him, this is no insult to either him or Cub Swanson, but I kind of feel like he's the poor man's Cub Swanson. He's, very, um, he's, he's an athletic, diverse striker, but I don't feel like he's uh, quite as technical as Cub is, um, and he's a little more wild, and he, I just it doesn't. I feel like he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't do. A, he's very busy in his fights, but I don't feel like he does a lot of damage. I feel like I feel like Jury hurts guys more. Um, so I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm gonna pick Jury, who's a slight favorite. This is a minus one fifty plus one thirty uh, spread. Um, and I think I think Myle, I think Miles Jury's just uh, he may throw less, but I think he'll land better stuff. I think he's got a chance. Uh, potentially rebounding from his Mendez loss and uh, and finding Philly's chin, in maybe the second round.
0: So you think he finishes him? Um,
1: I I think I think it's probably going to be a decision, but I won't be surprised if he if he if he finishes him in the second or the third.
0: Um, I, I I actually think these guys have a lot in common. Their size for the division, uh, the fact that it's often mental lapses against a certain level of competition that they that, that they just can't quite get over. Um, I would, I would, I would argue that Andre Philly's got some quality wins against guys like Bermudez in a split decision. That I thought, yeah. Uh, did, did you think Bermudez deserved that? I thought
1: Bermudez definitely deserved it. Was, it. it
0: was one of those that he that, that he probably should have gotten more credit for uh, in his in his split decision losing streak. Um, he had a competitive fight with uh, Artem Lobov, which is not the most promising thing. But I think anybody that stands up with him, um, yeah, that doesn't have insane power, will probably have a somewhat competitive fight. Uh, he's shown time and again that that, that he's not going to fall too far behind there. Um, I, I agree with you that it's kind of a pick-em. I, I do give the edge to Jury because um, I think he might have a little bit of an edge if it does go to the floor, if he can get in the top position. I mm. think Philly's training partners tend to be uh, shorter, stockier wrestlers. We know Team Alpha Male will what the majority of those guys bring to the table. And that's kind of the body type that Philly is used to, to competing against. And I think that's part of the reason he did well against Bermudez and Artem Lobov, uh, Hakran Diaz. These are, these are kind of shorter, stockier guys. Yario Rodriguez, Calvin Cater, Michael Johnson are taller reindeer strikers mm-hmm. who he's struggled against. Uh, I think partially because he doesn't have very many training partners uh, with similar attributes. Interesting. Um, I, I'm given the edge to Miles Jury here, although okay. so with the I'm, same uh, pick, I, I, I might I, I might be down to uh, change the pick if we don't have a whole lot more disparity.
1: Okay, that's I appreciate that. Um, so looking at the prelim card, as is often the case, the the prelim main event, if you can call it that, is a good enough fight to be the co-main event on the main card for sure, in terms of quality and ranking of these fighters. Um, it's the kind of thing that sort of bugs me. I, I, I would prefer that Vic and Felder... Um, I understand why on pay-per-views they, they have the last fight because they wanted to drive to the to the sale yep. and get people all excited about that big fight to bring it over. But there's kind of no reason why Jimmy Rivera and Algernon Sterling is um, you know is on the prelim card as opposed to uh, Vic and Felder or any of the other fights that are below it. Um, two, two great bantamweights... Uh, should be a very competitive fight. I think that I'm giving it to uh, to Jimmy Rivera. Um, mostly, I think they're very, very evenly matched. I think Sterling gets uh, flashy sometimes when he maybe shouldn't. And I think Rivera is very technical and patient. And in, during one or two of those occasions, I'm not saying he's going to put Sterling out, but that will he'll land the most significant strikes of the fight. Um... When when Sterling, uh, lets lets loose a little bit, and uh, you know kind of throw some flash. So you think he'll
0: be able to counter him when Sterling starts? I think
1: I think Rivera will be able to counter him.
0: Um, and and Rivera does have a pretty good counter game. That left hook has proven pretty solid for him in short range. Um, the thing is that there is a pretty big height and reach uh, disparity in this bout, and I think that that might prove to be a bigger factor than we expect. Um, Al Jermaine is 5'7. He's got a, a I think, a, uh, I don't have his reach in front of me, but I think a pretty long reach for a guy that's 5'7, whereas uh, Jimmy Rivera is 5'4 with kind of T Rex arms. Hey. Nothing wrong with it, but in a style yeah. matchup against Al Jermaine Sterling, I would favor him over you, Nick. No offense. Right. No, um, uh, and it's only because of the T Rex arms. 5'4 is <laughs> short know, for,
1: for Bantamweight. I don't know if he's the short. Well, Lineker is pretty short. Yeah, Lineker
0: is 5'3 coming up from 125. Yeah. Whereas Rivera, I don't think ever even tried to compete there. Props to that guy, but he's a he's a strong, stocky, powerful dude. Um, I don't know that that Rivera's gonna have a great time getting into Sterling's range with Sterling continually throwing those round kicks at a distance, which you kind of have to make a decision whether you're gonna block it or kind of uh, uh come in and close the distance. Yeah. coming in and closing the distance exposes you to the risk that Algermaine Sterling took against Marlon Moraes when he got knocked out with that head yeah. kick that turned into a knee because right Aljamain basically ran right into right it. Right into it yeah. Um there's
1: a fight between guys who, who met who met the lower extremities of uh Maurice. Of Moraes,
0: yeah, <laughs> unfortunately for them. But the um, Sterling
1: knockout didn't surprise me. Him catching Rivera that, that early shocked me.
0: Uh, I agree because Rivera was ranked higher to begin with, I, I and totally I hadn't agree. seen and I hadn't
1: seen any weaknesses. I, and I, I, you I, know, I absolutely agree with you. I think he was just surprised by the speed and tricked by maybe a feint and like got caught leaning the wrong way a little bit.
0: I definitely think this is the level of fighter that that uh, the Funk Master usually loses to Rafael yes. Sunset, who, by the way, is a very similar fighter uh, to Jimmy Rivera, yep. very similarly sized even. But that fight was a couple Brian of years Carraway. ago, yep. and that was a close, competitive split decision. I think a Sun Sao, uh, I, I think that, I think that Aljamain, has progressed. I think he's made improvements. I think he's getting more comfortable in the octagon. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps for him to see Rivera, get knocked out pretty badly, uh, just last year, uh, just what yep. seven, seven or eight months ago. Um, I know both of them took knockouts, but but I think Aljamain kind of can use that extra mental edge. Hmm. Um, and and it probably means a little bit more to him that that Rivera was knocked out recently than than the other way around. I'm gonna What's, give, what is
1: John Dodson's reach compared? Who who um, Rivera beat by decision? What's Dodson's reach compared to Sterling's? Because Dodson has some long ass arms for his size.
0: Um, I, you know what? This doesn't list the reach, but I'm actually going to Google it. Um, I'm going to give the edge to Aljamain Sterling. Okay. Um I think he'll be able to keep it out. a distance. there's a good chance this fight turns out to be fairly boring, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- which both guys are kind of known for, like nothing significant really landing. If Algermain can get to, this, to the floor in top position, I think he can do some things. Rivera doesn't really stick around on the floor very long, so we don't know much about his ground game. But Algermain's body type and, and skill level would uh, uh, would give him the opportunity okay. I think, to, to do some damage there. Given all right, so we've got
1: edge. we've got opposing picks here with me taking uh, Jimmy Rivera. Um, the next fight, uh, another bantamweight fight, Benito Lopez against Manny Bermudez, and I'm uh, I'm gonna go with the odds makers here. I'm gonna go with the odds makers here, and I think it's gonna be Manny Bermudez's fight. What do you uh, What do you think?
0: Um, I think I'm there with you. Uh, I th- Lopez is a bit sloppy. Yeah. Um, he 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 goes for it, but but he doesn't. Fight at the same pace later in a fight as he does early on. Um, I think Manny Bermudez is certainly capable of uh, mitigating that, of of showing that he's the cleaner, more technical fighter overall, and I think he has a good chance of landing a submission here late.
1: And moving down the card,
0: we got Andrea Lee versus Ashley Evans Smith. Yeah, should be should be actually a fairly exciting fight. And, uh, Pretty evenly spot. matched. Um, I agree, although I think the
1: odds suggest otherwise. Um
0: wh- wh- what are your thoughts got, on this They've got yeah, at
1: Lee's the favorite here. Um I actually yeah. am i go- I'm pulling forward. I think Ashley Evan Smith is is gonna get it done.
0: I'll take uh, Andrea Lee. I think she's more dangerous standing and that's where this fight will take place. More dynamic.
1: Um on light lightweight, lightweight fellas next we've got Scott Holtzman against the Carney. if he's still using it, named Nick Lentz. Um I'm a big Nick Lentz fan. Um I know he's he's had some ups and downs. Uh, in his career, but he's beaten some. I think he's beaten some really good guys over the years, um, and I think he's gonna. Uh, I think he'll be able to implement his uh, his smother game. Um, and that that tough Minnesota guy. I think he's a Minnesota guy. Um, the tough Minnesota wrestler. Ethic.
0: Um, I. I think I've gotta agree with you. I think Holtzman may just be a serious prospect, and this will be the fight that decides it. Uh, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge yes to Nick because I yeah. think he's been there and done it. Against Holtzman's every, favored,
1: so and by out. all the odds makers, Holtzman's favored. But again, I think I think people have been under I think people have been underestimating Nick Lentz uh, for most of his UFC run.
0: I agree
1: there. I heard the first fight with Oliveira was such a scrap. Um, yeah, he's a great scrapper. He's the very definition of a scrapper.
0: I, I agree with you there, and and, and Holtzman, Holtzman, will he's scr- uh, will he have the conditioning to? Uh, to, to put out the same amount of energy in the third round as Nick Lentzwell, uh, I think right. that's a question mark. Henan Barao versus Luke Sanders. Uh, Henan Barao, shadow of his former self.
1: Oh, what a I mean, both of these guys have lost a lot of fights in the last three or four years. Um, yeah, I mean, people were, had Barao in the the top three pound for pound conversation before that Dillashaw fight, and it just I, I mean something happened. Yeah. Either, either either it's took his soul or the weight cuts or the vitamins. Um something yeah. Something happened. It is
0: uh, a, it did all go downhill in two thousand fifteen. Uh right around round round the time I that mean, you saw it. I think came into play.
1: And um, and the only guy that he's beaten since uh well, he's won two fights and if I remember just correctly Philippe Nover beat him, honestly. And, yeah, Philippe Nover and the and he had the he didn't uh, look extremely dominant in the Mitch Gagnon fi- Gagnon fight, yeah. um, you know, five years, four and a half years ago. It's it's just it's hard to pick him. It's really hard to pick him. Um, Luke Sanders has is coming off, I think, of a couple of losses himself. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sanders because Brow hasn't. He just hasn't shown anybody anything in a few years now. And right. It's sad. He's on the. He's on the. Uh, you know. He's on the early prelims.
0: Yeah, I mean, but Burrell's at a point now in his career where this may just be his last UFC battle. if he can't get a win here. He's on a three-fight losing streak, one and five, uh, one and five in his last seven. Um, yeah, he's yeah. not been Two looking good six. in a long, long time. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, whereas Luke Sanders looked good in every one of his losses up until about the moment he lost. He mm. managed to managed to slip on a banana peel against Uri Alcantara uh, when he was really beating him up and just just running shot all over him up until uh, midway into that second round. Uh, Andre Sukumtap, he, he was having a really good fight until he got caught and TKO'd in, again, the second round. Hani Yaya caught him fairly early. Uh, but Luke was, Luke is the more athletic guy. Uh, he He's not in a downturn in his career. I think he's got a bunch of mental lapses that Henneborough will be able to take advantage of. What's his uh, camp? Uh, Luke Sanders. Yeah. He is with Nashville MMA, or Dynamics MMA, according to Sherdog, at least. I'm not okay. uh, I'm not familiar with the other team, to be honest with you. Um, but he's, he's a, talented, a talented athletic guy, and Burrell has shown in losses to guys like Ewell and Kelleher that, you know, it, that's enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking uh, Luke Sanders to, to avoid the slip on the banana peel on this one occasion. Same. We've got Jody Escobel versus Jessica Penne. Uh, a bout between two ladies that aren't exactly seeing a whole lot of success in the UFC thus far. What are your thoughts, Nick?
1: God, all I can see is that uh, that fight that Penny had. It was three fights ago for her against uh, Johanna Dzienkic. In- in- and yeah. in- right after that, she fought Jessica Andrade. I mean, Miranda Marcos is a tough opponent, but then to run into, over the course over the course of a year exactly... Um, to be fighting Joanna Champion and then Jessica Andrade, those are two buzzsaws to run into. Then she lost uh, to Danielle Taylor, so not you know not a ton of success. Um, it's uh, I mean she's favored in this fight, but I really th- I really think it's a pick 'em. Um, I guess I'm gonna take. I guess I'm gonna take. Uh, Esc
0: Escabel Escabel um, yeah. I, I by the way, I'm not correcting. You. I'm just I'm just trying my version. Okay. Um, Eskibel. Yeah, there's a good chance. I just speak Spanish. I, was looking, I wasn't looking. I wasn't. I was looking
1: at uh, some Jessica Penny data when I when I said her name.
0: Um, I don't blame you. Uh, I've I, I've got Jessica Penny. Um, I I agree with you that it that it's kind of it's a it should be a competitive fight because of where Penny has been lately. She hasn't really fought in almost two years. Um. Got ravaged by Joanna Jędrzejczyk. Got got run over by Jessica Andrade. These are two yeah. of the most athletic, I mean, physically imposing th- fighters in the division. Um, and then she lost a decision that I thought she should have won against Danielle Taylor. Um, I'm giving her the edge because I think Jody Escabel just has almost no skill. And I know Jessica <laughs> Penny is in a circle of uh, fairly high level female fighters, and she's mm-hmm. getting good training, uh, even though she's been uh, she's been kind of uh, off the books for so long. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to Jessica Penny. If Jessica Aguilar can beat Escobel, uh, who is a shadow of her former self, Jessica Penny, who also used to be a, a top-level uh, Adamweight, I believe, uh, should, be able yes. to, she'll, should be able to get it done. I wouldn't even be shocked if she, uh, if she finished her by submission late, but I do expect the decision.
1: So opening up the card, um, we have Emily Spitfire Whitmire, uh, a 3-2 and two fighter out of uh, Extreme Couture. Um, who is? She's three and two in her career, and with a, a loss and then a win in the UFC. Uh, coming up against the undefeated was it Alexandra Alexandra Albu? Albu, yeah. Was, who's in her third UFC fight? She has a uh, a win against Kaylin Curran. Um, I believe that that Emily is favored. Let me just check that real quick. No, Emily's not. Alexandra, the undefeated fighter, is favored over. Spitfire, uh, Whitmire.
0: Three zero looks better than three and two. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much what it what it comes down to. Um, I don't know a ton about either one of them. I'm going to go with the odds and uh, and pick uh, Albu to fight my, despite my affinity for Emily's nickname.
0: Um, I will go the other way. Um, I do kind of see it as somewhat of a pick and fight. If I remember correctly, in Albu's UFC debut or her second UFC bout against Caitlin Cran. I remember being frustrated with how low the level of MMA. Uh, that was happening in that bout. I could be yeah. wrong. But, it was a long
1: time ago. It was during Jones Cormier
0: Yeah, You're right. That was two years ago. The why, li- which why, is a lifetime ago for you, Daniel Cormier. She's actually fought uh, her three fights. Abu's three fights were in June 2013, April 2015, and July 2017. That lady likes a long break in between bouts. Um, I assume she makes her money in other ways. Um, I, I'll pick Emily because... Mm-hmm. Her couple of losses are to actually fairly good fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, she competed mm-hmm. on the Ultimate Fighter. She's, she lost to Roxanne. She, she did lose to Roxanne uh, by TKO on the Ultimate Fighter, and and uh,
1: the more I, recent I, Ultimate Fighter after Roxanne had developed her her, her top yeah. control. I mean, now that Roxanne and is her, top her out, five, and five, five, five to seven, yeah, her her fighter. murderous elbows.
0: Um, yeah, so so I'm gonna give Whitmire the edge here over Abu, who I I'm not convinced is fully. Fully embracing her MMA career, and I'm okay. not convinced she's uh, that good of a fighter. So, the different
1: picks that we have running at the card are um, you're picking Luque, whereas I'm picking Barbarina. Uh, we both picked Jury. I'm picking Rivera, you're picking Sterling. We've both got Bermudez. I've got um, Ashley Evans Smith. Yeah, I've got You've got, got Andre Lee. We've both got Lentz. I've got Escabeal. You've got Penny. We both got Luke Sanders, and we're splitting on, um...
0: Emily Wettmeyer and uh, Albu.
1: Yes, you're taking Emily, I'm taking Albu. Cool, well, we'll see, will everyone enjoy the very first card on ESPN on Saturday night? And let's hope that, uh... Let's hope we don't get an anticlimactic uh, main event because we, the last one was cancelled and the one before that, as exciting as it was, ended really, really quickly. So I'm hoping, even though I think Ngannou ends it in the first round, I'm, I, I hope we, uh... You know, I hope it feels good. I hope it's not thirty-five seconds. Kane and Kane and yeah, gets cracked on the temple.
0: Maybe I should have asked you this before we recorded the podcast, but <laughs> would you let me win one time? I mean, oh, possible? I'm not doing it on purpose. I, I just, just have a like gift. At get. some point, you're just you're just on uh, crossing the border of being obnoxious and you know, be kind. Well, like, I just think you need, I
1: think you need to understand the fight game more. I mean, I spent a lot of my life traveling around the world, fighting in the Kumite it's the Kumite that's <laughs> the secret are you saying Kumite is the secret I'm saying Kumite is the secret and I'll give you the website that tells you where they're being held like I'm a lifelong martial artist and <laughs> I, I consider myself to be a good one <laughs> this is just
0: disappointing that this whole time you've that been I'm pulling in the Kumite and, and I've been acting oh, like a tough guy right right
1: now I think I honestly I think I've been lucky in, in pulling some of these picks out of my ass and uh Hopefully, I will continue to pull them out of my ass this week I think, uh, I and think, next I week, think and the week after, because we there's fights and fights We chance, do. We're g- uh, there's
0: a fair chance that one of us will win by a decent margin. And if you do it for a fourth time, Nick, then uh, then it's it's not luck. You 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 you've officially you've, you've officially <laughs> shown me that in this four series, you are better. But then we're starting a new sir.
1: We will. All right. Well, everybody, we'll talk to you next week because what's the card? What's the card after this one? There's cards all. There's constant. Nick, you asked
0: me that question at the end of every one of these. Sometimes, sometimes I remember. Sometimes I know. Prepared for it, but I, I think I've got it for you. It's UFC two thirty five Jones versus Smith. Oh boy! Second. That's only only two weeks away. That's right. Not only do we get a couple of uh, or a week. Oh wait! Hang on. So of speaking about uh, an upcoming event, but but we've got a pretty big card coming up.
1: I think there's a card between those. I think there's a card. On um wait, so this this Saturday, today's the four is the sixteenth. I think there's a card on my birthday on the twenty third. Am I and, wrong?
0: And you would know this because
1: because I thought I looked and there were cards every week.
0: No, it looks like oh yeah, yeah. Like the next there's a one card is, is, on the twenty third. Right, UFC Fight Night one forty five Prague, February twenty third. Jan Blackowitz versus Oof. Thiago Santos. Oof. If you were wondering why, is- if you were wondering why this is overlooked. Um, it looks like there's going to be a bunch of big men slugging it I up, am lo- out. I'm oh, not. I like. I like watching
1: level. Liz Karmish fight. You've got a uh, John Dodson. We he got Peter. On
0: that card, that's a damn good fight. Uh, Magomed Ankalaev. I'm How sure. Has nice John Dodson lost ten fights.
1: He's anyway, he's such a good. Fighter. I mean, over the course of his career, so he's yeah. been on a
0: high level for a while. Uh, have a have a great time watching these fights. We sure will. Looking forward to to breaking it uh, all down uh, next, next week.
1: Nick, cool. Take care, everyone. Bye.